0: This is The Audio Podcast with Samuel Freeman and Scott Hewitt. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hello. Is this The Audio Podcast? Yes, it is. It's The Audio Podcast. Hey. Hey. Oh, you know what? Um, we're recording this on Tuesday the seventeenth, but really we should be recording this on Wednesday the eighteenth.
1: That's my fault. I can't make it tomorrow, which is when it's released today or yesterday. I mean, when it's a podcast, so people listen to this whenever they want. Anyway, well,
0: well, that's true. So this is, we're we're here on Tuesday the seventeenth, but to keep the uh, show naming and numbering sensible, we're we're this will be illustrated as Wednesday the eighteenth. So
1: there you go, and it's it's number twelve. It is indeed and and number twelve. The music production snowball report. Woohoo! <laughs> hey. <laughs> um.
0: Okay, okay, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Oh, okay. our first uh, first news item here. Um, how how good is Google's Instant Mix? Uh, this is the music uh, music beater, uh, mu- music by Google, which is now in beta, uh, American-only release. Um, skipping past that, there they did a comparison of it, the iTunes uh, Genius um, Genius kind of mix. And the Echo Nest playlist engine.
1: Yeah, we mentioned Echo Nest the other day. Here it is again. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I suppose that was. So comparing them, the how do you compare how good a playlist a playlist is? You know, so they've got a really good way of doing it, which is you give it your seed song and it generates a playlist for you, and then you go down that playlist and wonder how many times you have to scratch your head and say, "Why is that there?" and give it a score. Um,
0: no, I actually happen to think that's part of the fun.
1: Oh yeah, of, of these kind of things. It, they call it the WTF test.
0: Yeah, if we're good. Um, I, I guess in summary, the when it came to jazz, the um, the Echo Nest and uh, iTunes Genius did did very well. Yeah, but uh, Google uh, did very badly.
1: Well, yeah, we should perhaps say this was using the the writer's own personal music collection. Rather than any tunes in the world, so but that was what his his iTunes music collection of about seven point eight thousand songs or something so yeah, yep, yeah, I mean all the way through i mean perhaps it's it's quite a good little read um don't wanna spoil it too much, but the the kick is that echo nest and Genius do pretty well, and uh Google music does uh does not it does pretty poorly. According to this one person's fairly subjective, but...
0: Well, I suggest the biggest problem is also the actual um, the the actual library itself, isn't it? Because he kind of says that he doesn't have a lot of certain types of music or certain things yeah. like that. And that's obviously going to cause problems with some of the results. And but it's there anyway. Um, the Echo Nest does very well, and I kind of felt there was a bit of a, a lean towards them a little
1: bit. Well, yeah, he ad- he admits that there's definitely a bias there and encourages people to repeat this with their own music collections. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: Um, let's move on from there. Then you know, I'm, I'm going to try and keep us going because we've got a lot of stuff here. Um, here um, for the UK listeners, I guess here, but the Guardian um, has a uh, ran an article this week uh, talking about the fact that live gig audiences are down a little bit. Apparently, for the first time ever, uh, Bon Jovi and Paul McCartney failed to sell out an arena. Not d- not at the same together. time. Yeah, yeah but I think they had to do know, independently each. they failed yeah. to sell sell out arenas.
1: What, what? I okay. So the story is that although CD sales have been going down, live music concert ticket sales have been going up, and for the first year, that's dropped again. Um,
0: well, the idea being that you no know, live, you know, live gigs was going to save the music industry, wasn't it? They thought, they hoped, maybe.
1: <sighs> Who's who? Who really is winning and losing here? I mean. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sceptical of the whole question, of the whole article, the whole thing. It's basically reading as an economics stuff, which doesn't seem too worried about music or whether people are actually going. You know, if people are not choosing to go to an arena gig, does that mean they're not going to see music at all? Does that mean that nobody's getting a ticket sale out of this? Do they, you know, do they have any metrics for people going to pub gigs or small venues in towns? I don't know. I don't know. And then the and then they switch focus to talk about how there are less bands coming through and being invested in by the music industry, uh,
0: which b- because of the risk, isn't it? Well, I guess because
1: it, because, because of the, the risk, the
0: margin e- has shifted so far now, and the the risk on there is really, really, really tricky, isn't it? So,
1: which again is it's an economic point of view? Yeah, it's yeah, I yeah.
0: I, I thought it was an interesting article you know it it's an article to be there and saying that you know I think everybody would have to admit that the music industry is in a uh, what they have been doing doesn't work anymore and they need to start thinking about what they might do in the future don't they and this was one of the options and yep yeah, they were openly
1: positive about this area and now you know that seems to have but uh, statistics st- statistics upset me because you can make them say whatever you want and yeah you can look at this and say but that's if you, you know you can talk about the past 10 years and then this one year thing one year change in the trend does that mean anything
0: i guess the other issue is um you know they're talking about big artists here and i would suggest that the the healthiness of the music industry the big problem with the music industry has been the lack of any kind of healthiness at the lower end of it really insane there's not a lot of you know there's only there's very few very prof- profitable kind of enterprises actually occurring that are significant you know Hmm. and there's so many i'm saying if you think of like the pubs of pubs are closing down left right and center this is true they're not putting on live music anymore because they can't afford the bands because you can't pay for a band and make profit off what you're selling you know you you know it's it's not just the you know it's the whole the whole thing is in a in a a problem right now and i think they need to you know there's an issue a much greater issue than whether a cup you know whether a few big superstars manage to sell out a massive arena tour again because if their business model is we're going to make money by getting one guy selling one giant place, that's a huge risk as a business, isn't it? It's not very good. Should we move on? I think so. so. Um, all right, then. Um, part of the reason for our our title for this week's show, um, the recordist um, has de- detailing the fact that there's a new sa- um, sound effects library being released, and that is the Snowballs HD Ultra Sound Effects <laughs> Library. Um, I thought this is Ace nice, uh, recorded in North Idaho this winter. It's just a whole variety of sound effects about, you know, Snowballs. Glaciers cracking and all this sort of stuff. Um, as, as always, TheRecordist.com dot uh, com has has a, has a little article about the release here, and you know they got pictures of them with giant snowballs and a, a little detail about how they were, you know, how they did the recording and stuff. So
1: I thought that was fun. It is a lot of fun. It's got nice like, some nice little technical details about the equipment, views, and everything's all in there. And as as always, SoundCloud is there as well. I say as always, it's often the case that SoundCloud is used as audio example insertion. Which is there? Yep. Complete the comments. And,
0: and those effects are available for download, so you can. Um, well, you have you have to purchase them, but you can purchase and download them. So, if you're doing something you need some snow, then you know. Right <laughs> now in Huddersfield, there isn't a lot of snow outside, so.
1: Mm. You
0: know, year-round snow. <laughs> cool. All right, let's move on again. Uh, Pro Tools. Uh, Pro Tools uh, MP9. Is how uh, they announced it at Music Master. It's finally made it here, so you can t- you can run the upgrade if you want to. Um, I'm not gonna say anything else about that. I don't know if you've got anything to add, Sam, but remember you talk about Pro Tools when we get to the main feature of today's show.
1: Yeah, I think we'll we'll save that for then.
0: All right then, let's keep going. Let's keep we're moving on quite nicely here. Oh um the a uh, AHACAR externals have been released. Uh if you're a Max MSP user, this would be of great interest to you here, especially if you're on OS X, though the Windows versions are on the way.
1: On their way. Always on the way, these things, aren't they? But, oh, always on their way, yeah. Yep, this is a great collection of there's loads of objects in there with all sorts of stuff Looking at, um, for real-time and non-real-time analysis, spitting out all sorts of descriptors from the audio, improved Wiimote communication, and all There's sorts really of stuff. There's
0: a really great uh, convolution, the convolution reverb in there. I saw yeah. a presentation about that um, earlier on this year. That's pretty. Uh, that's some pretty interesting stuff. Um, it, They're available for download. You can just literally go download them and put them in your folder and use them. So go check that out. You'll find the link for that, obviously, in our show notes. Um. If people were looking for the show notes, Sam, where would they find the show notes?
1: Um, they go to wiki dot dot co dot uk. Awesome, that's where we got them now.
0: And so the show notes are a new, a new look, a new feel, new look show notes, and I think they're a lot better. I, I think they're a lot better. Hey, mm-hmm. that's all it that matters, you know. <laughs> um, you know, uh, another cool thing at the moment: uh, Sound on Sound are giving away
1: some uh, free e subscriptions. To them at the moment? I think they're being a bit stingy they are giving away two two free yeast subscriptions, they want everybody on the internet to to spread their name on Twitter with a hashtag and click like on their Facebook thing and they're only giving away two alright then oh, that's good though. I mean I I came across, this, I was doing some research for this in fact today and um, one of the Google results t- took me to a story which was the SOS review of something and it was too current I couldn't read the whole story because I'm not subscribed, poor me
0: oh well you know what here on the audio podcast we we're willing to give away a million <laughs> subscriptions to our podcast show
1: all we ask is that you press the subscribe Go button, the button yeah. and that's it just, just that's, press that's subscribe and you'll get a free subscription to the audio podcast this is getting silly
0: it is in fairness to sound and sound it's a great site it's a great service and it is an opportunity to get some you know it you is fantastic. Get some access to it. To be yeah. honest, if you don't have access to it, I still read the magazine. I like the magazine, so yep. I read the magazine. But um, yeah, if you you, know, you you could you know opportunity to get a free e sub here. That's pretty awesome. Cool. Let's move on. Um, our final piece of news before we hit the main features. Um, we we almost avoided having any iPad, iPhone, iOS related thing, but <laughs> this is just awesome. You got to admit this. We couldn't miss this this one.
1: Well, it's the amen break? What are you going to do? <laughs> nice.
0: Um, a, a, the amen break um i app yeah <laughs> you you may now modify the uh, amen break as you wish uh you know pitch pitch shift it scratch it whatever you want to do it's an app available in in itunes to download onto your um ios device
1: have you had a go on this I no you've... i haven't
0: had a go on it yet no. i only spotted it this afternoon i was like you know i gotta put that in there um i'm probably going to avoid doing it 99 cents uh, you know, ninety-nine cents for an arm and break. It's yeah, yeah, I, I. I don't think the world needs more use of the arm break right now. Actually, yeah. maybe I, that's, I, I'm
1: not. kind of shaking, nodding my head in agreement.
0: Fair enough then. All right, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's get on to our main feature. Um, as we suggested last week, and as our, our main feature was with uh, Jason Hunt actually from last week. If mm-hmm. you're listening to the show, uh, Sam and I were heading off to the music production show. Which was across in Leeds. Um, we went there. I went there on Friday. Sam, you were there Saturday.
1: Yeah, I went along on Saturday to the armories there, and they were on the ground floor. And it was a good, good little show. Good atmosphere.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was a cool show. It wasn't massive, which I thought was actually pretty cool because you could get around. It you was. Could, yeah. You could get around everything a lot easier. I thought. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I went to a couple of the presentations. Um did you make any of the presentations? Or? I didn't I
1: was planning to but um all of the things I was planning to see on the Saturday um well the first one I missed because it was quite early in the morning I didn't get there in time. And the and the later ones I spoke to the people that were were going to be presenting in person and so I kind of got the one to one version of what they were going to say. So I guess I could have gone anyway but I, I bailed. Cool. But Fair I had yep, I had a great time going around talking to this, all the people in the stores and yeah, well, we're gonna go through well, some. Well,
0: we're, we're going to talk about that. So we we should stress, um, we're not we're, we're not kind of sponsored or endorsed by anybody right now. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, let us know. But um, so what you got? What we're going to do now is just talk about some of the products that we had to play with at the show and kind of had a feel for. We we spoke to a lot of suppliers and we got some other bits we're preparing to for for future shows as well. Yeah. So th- these are just kind of our thoughts about some of the products we got to play with. Um, sh- should I kick it off? Yeah. So um, one of the things I played with, um, I'm sure you've seen this, um, the Shure PG42 USB mic. So it, rather than having an XLR output, you actually have a, a USB output, and it yes. has the built-in um, ADC inside it. Um, I had a play with it, um, and to be honest, I, I was kind of, I wasn't as disappointed as I thought I was going to be. Okay, let, let, let's put it that way. Um, had a couple of cool features. You can you can plug a pair of headphones into it. And then send a monitor mix back down the back down the USB cable as you would expect. I'm saying, of course you can do that. Yeah. So it meant that you could have it on your head and there was actually a control on the mic which allowed you to vary the microphone input to your headphones and the audio from the computer to your headphones. That's a nice touch. So I was like, this is a really neat you know, I could see loads of situations where this works. You you know, have your mic set up wherever you want to be, a pair of headphones, plug it into your laptop and audio in out, USB class compliant. Yeah, that was fine. Um yeah, so I was moderately impressed with it, to put it that way. Beyond that, what do I think of it? I'm I'm still not sold. I'm saying my big concern, first of all, is it's a USB connector. USB doesn't lock. It has very little <laughs> friction. I'm saying how often do you pull a USB, USB Type-B out of something unintentionally? Yep. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's, not designed for that kind of handling. So this is definitely a studio situation. But and it's, even also, then, it's be... a
1: one-shot studio situation because this is showing up as you connect it and it's appears in your digital audio workstation as an audio device which you can address the ins and the outs of so there's no option there for plugging in extra microphones simultaneously
0: No, So, but if you're on something like OSX you could build an angle grip driver or something like yeah, that if you, you could. to
1: Yeah, there's always ways around things But and if you're in a small studio setup then you might only ever be recording one thing at a time, one microphone anyway so Yeah
0: I think my greatest concern was the was the actual kind of physical plugging into it. I just, hmm. it just struck me that. And the gentleman who I was speaking to from Sure there told me, suggested to me a great method, and they were using it themselves actually, where they'd um, used one of the, you know how when you get a Sure mic, you always get that little kind of microphone With the cable tidy thing, the Velcro thing? Velcro, yeah. Yeah, so he demonstrated how he Velcroed it like against the thing there, and it had a little loop, loose loop for the final way, final bit. And I was like, yeah, that works. But at the same point, the USB connector isn't a, you know... It's not really designed for that. So I do wonder if they could do something about that, you know, and and maybe just fix that problem, some sort of, you know... But then you want the USB cable to be universal, don't you? So that's
1: the... Mm, I suppose it would be possible to have something which is a... It's universal compatible, but if you use this special one, it locks in. It locks in or something like that. It could be as... um. But maybe that would just highlight the fact that that's a problem if they tried yeah. to solve it.
0: Mm. But possibly, I guess. The the point he did make, though, which I, I did take on board very much is here is... What they have taken the opportunity to do though is to optimize every part of the chain, so by building the capsule, building the electronics, building the converter, and having it all in the one box, they are able to they're probably able to optimize that and deliver it at a better price point than the than the broken down system would be if that makes sense. so I thought that was an interesting interesting thing. it it struck me as a great solution though if you if you 're just doing voice by yourself this would be a this this would be an interesting solution it's probably it's it's competitive price-wise against
1: buying a separate card buying a mic and, mm. and if you're doing primarily sequence based stuff and you want to expand into recording things then i guess you know it would have other applications it might be a good first microphone kind of thing if you if you're going in that direction because it means you don't have to worry about looking at a few hundred pounds for a microphone plus whatever for decent preamps if you if you've not already got an interface that's preamping so
0: yeah Mm. No, that's tr- that's true. Um, moving on from that, um, should I do another product with my choice? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: We'll keep the list in this order.
0: Okay, and cool. So, um, and another set of products I saw were the Allen and Heath um, IDR32 and iLive T80, which are part of their kind of iLive digital mixing system. Um, did you did you check it out as well? I didn't see this
1: one actually. No, I didn't see this. Well, maybe they, maybe they didn't have it.
0: Maybe they have it set. But basically, it's the dig- You know, this idea of a digital snake's been around for a while, and it's kind of worked. And what what they've done here is actually completely separate the two elements out so you get the stage box which then goes to cat5 with a proprietary standard yep which they then spew the audio information they they then spew control information backwards and forwards to the control surface which can either be the the piece of hardware they had there was the iLive 80 but um i iLive I 80 even but you could use an ipad or a laptop to do this as well and then you can do the mix from there and then it comes back out of the back out of the sound card so okay um you know, I've seen a couple of arguments along this, because obviously, if you had something like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, if you had an 828 and a really long firewire cable, yeah, you could do, it's basically what that would allow you to do. But this is obviously, it's designed for installation, it's Allen the Heath, it's built to a very high kind of life standard, and um, bulletproof. I was really impressed with it, um, they had a couple of really neat features I loved, um, on the control surface, if you want to do EQing. Yeah um you can actually tell it to use all of the faders as if they were not ranges inside the eq band okay which i thought was really neat i haven't seen that on a digital desk i don't Mm. know if somebody else has done that before but i i don't remember seeing that i thought that was ace so basically you kind of say right i want to eq and you could have continuous controllers to do it like that but if you wanted to do notch eqing then you can actually hit the button and it just spreads the frequency along your faders and um you know The one they the one they had running there, I think it was a twelve fader, but you could you know it goes all
1: the way up to twenty four faders, thirty six. So you could like a graphic EQ all in front of you. That's which I thought was pretty awesome. I thought
0: that was pretty clever. Um, It's designed for live use, though. So rather than it being a this button, this button, this button for a menu, for a menu press, and what's this doing now? It's much more here's a big button, and when you press it, it lights up and it says it's doing this now. So yeah, I thought that was a kind of nice piece of polish there as well. Um, A couple of bits we've talked about, but you can in the actual digital conversion stage you can get MADI cards you can get network audio cards in there as well so it's actually a complete solution for pushing audio all over the place sort of stuff so i thought that was a pretty cool Mm. i was quite impressed i was quite impressed with that device um had had a bit of a play of it a bit of a demo on it as well which was kind of fun so it's certainly in a live situation that's something it's it's
1: interesting to see where they're developing that stuff
0: it's developing where it should have been developing for years i would suggest actually
1: because you know there's nothing new going on in the Cat Five. It's just actually applying the digital. Stuff it's to just it. control. It's it's
0: mm-hmm. just control information, isn't it? And if you think you've had built in built in mixers on eight to eight Mark Twos, you know all the way down and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So there's, you know, I mean, but it's nice to see the development there. And I thought it was an, in- an incredibly good implementation. So that was pretty cool. So that's the um, iLive digital mixing system. They have a couple of videos and stuff up on the Alan and Heath side about that as well. It's nice to see Alan and Heath still pushing stuff out as well because obviously their analog desks are. Mm. We're just spectacular, weren't they?
1: Well, what are we on to next? Um, this, is, this is the last one that you've added here, I think, um, oh. which is the TL
0: T- Audio. Uh, TL Audio, yeah. So um, TL Audio, they had. Um, they're, they're known for their more kind of vintage sounding stuff, mm-hmm. and with kind of a kind of modern build to it. And the one that I played with there was the M1F <laughs> Tube Tracker, which is basically it's a. It looks like an old fashioned analog desk, and it has valve amp- valve amplification stages and something in it, but it's. Essentially it's a new build piece of hardware with the with the best of the old and, and the new in there. Um it just sounded nice. I think that's probably all I really have to say to it.
1: Okay. Yeah. It looks pretty good. I did spot this one but I didn't stuck to them, so yeah.
0: It looks good, it was nice. I'm saying they were um they were demoing it with a set of eight um eight oh four oh a and Okay. Um so it's a set of a set of monitor units I'm familiar with and yep. it was yeah. It sounded nice. There was a real. It, there was a, yeah. There was a colorization to the sound, but it was the kind of valve colorization that you would expect to the sound, and it was nice. So you know, I mean, I thought that was a cool piece of hardware. I'm going to try and follow. I'm going to try and follow up with them as well, actually, because I want to know more about how they how they see that stuff kind of progressing and what kind of stuff there is there is inside that sort of stuff. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Sam. Uh, Sc. Yep. So we both um, had interesting time. Ta- interesting. We did. Yeah. Them, uh, didn't we?
1: Well, apparently, um, this was. I was um, talking to the guy about the microphones there. Um, he asked what kind of recording stuff I was doing. I told him that well, I kind of focused on the sampling type things I do, and he, he suggested that their SE4400A, I don't know how you, how did, would you pronounce that? SE4400A, 4400, I'm going for. Um, However you want to, I guess. Yeah, but that's their kind of AKG414 style all-rounder with, Switchable polar patterns and roll-offs, and the thing I liked most about that is the shock mount doesn't go all the way around it; it only goes three quarters of the way around, so that you can loosen it off and angle the microphone to any position without having to worry about having your cage on the side, which seems like a very sensible thing. And it makes the kind of positioning very flexible. That's definitely the case. Yeah. Yep, they're available as um, stereo pairs, so you can get. A match pair of those for I mean it's perhaps a little bit unfair in some respects to compare it to the 414 all the time but I mean they're, they're the same class of microphone they're doing similar jobs except you can get a pair of these SEs for two-thirds of the price and they they seem pretty nice I can't I haven't had a chance to play with them and listen to them so I can't vouch for that but yeah but they're not particularly new they've been around for since at least 2008 from what I could tell today yeah well, yeah well the conversation i had with guys funny when you mentioned about the
0: foreign force here because you know I, I was chatting with him and I, I went and had a look and i was like oh it's se I kind of got, i kind of got a prejudice there okay and the guy was like so how you know he was talking me about it i was like i have a real prejudice towards you and I, I compared them i compared them unfavorably to a german manufacturer okay and um and and he and he kind of said yeah i know we get a lot of that and i said well yeah your things look like other things like you know <laughs> that's a prime example there isn't it i'm saying you look at that thing there if you you know, if you weren't handling 414s all the time, then, you know, I mean, that could be, you know, it isn't, but it's pretty, pretty similar. And a lot of their other stuff is kind of similar to other things as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of said that to him and he said, right. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. But he kind of counted it and he was like, we're not, you know, we're building this stuff by hand ourselves. We're building it to a, a very high standard and I think their pricing is just a matter of competitiveness yeah. is what he claimed. Um, and the thing he highlighted to me, which I thought was a good illustration, is the fact they actually offer three-year warranties on all of it. And if it breaks in three years, you just tell them it's broken, and they send you a new one. You mm-hmm. They get they're arranged, They're you know, you send them the old one, they'll send you a new one, and they have this kind of zero downtime. So I think their idea is they do it very it's very quick service in and out. And I was like, hey, fair enough. If the build quality is an issue, then, you know what I mean? If I get a free, you know, if it breaks, I just get another one sent to me. Fine, and apparently the one you get sent comes with a brand new three year on it as well. So, oh okay, so it is like, a, <laughs> you know, yep. what I mean, that's what they're saying there. So it's, you know, what I mean, you can find the full details of the warranty, and you should read it before you, you know, don't don't go buying just because I said that. Like, but you know, <laughs> so I thought that was kind print. of interesting sort of So that that was the exchange I had with him. But yeah, that was kind of cool. So he knows, um, he, he not well for four four OA's, I guess we're we'll calling mm-hmm. that for now. That's kind of cool. What were the other mics they
1: the the Voodoo well? Ribbon Mic series? They've got a couple of these. Um, so these are new. These are the VR1. Um, we were talking about is again, it's a quite a tidy little little boxy thing. And um, one of the first things I said is that's great, but you're careful not to put Phantom power into it. And he said, Ah, oh, but they've thought of that because they've got it Phantom protected. So if you've got if you're in a situation where you're using multiple microphones and you've only got one switchable power on or off.
0: Or you've actually didn't left the phantom power on.
1: Then you're not going to fry your ribbon because it's protected from that. And in fact the slightly larger VR2 um, is an active circuit so that actually requires the phantom power. All right. And the idea there is um, because it's still a ribbon microphone um, so the output's lower than you might get from other microphones so it makes the, the pre- preamp gain more critical so yeah. if you with the VR2 it's a much hotter output from it having the active circuit in there so that to kind of compensate for that but the key thing which i mean we say everything looks like something else from them but they certainly claiming innovation here because they've got their frequency response of these things goes is much more linear right up to the top so they're full range up to like 20 to 20k
0: yeah that's always been the problem with ribbons haven't they tend to fall off at 10k pretty steep and pretty quick which is why we all use condensers mainly
1: and you see tubes every now and again that's why ribbons are kind of rare because of this limitation but i mean it's you say problem limitation it's kind of character of them at the same time but but here apparently we've got up and they're doing this um well they've got they have the neve signature range microphone from a while ago i don't know much about that we didn't talk about it um but that's a that's a very high-end high-end ribbon ribbon type thing but forget that with this what they've got is a mechanical filter design so the the gridding on the front of it is designed to to catch the low frequencies because the problem is that your high pressure from the, will bend the ribbon element inside, and that's and then it can't transmit the high frequencies. So they've got it so that the higher frequencies should just pass through, and the lower frequencies are kind of slowed down a bit, so that everything's hitting at the same speed. That's that's what All they right. say. It sounds very interesting. It looked pretty cool, and for the price, I think obviously it's figure of eight. Well, I say obviously it's obvious. It's a ribbon mic, so. exactly. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I can I can't remember if these are offered as stereo match stereo pairs. They might be. I'm not sure. It didn't s I, I thought you said so and um
0: I'm having a look yeah. on their site here right now and it I'm not it's it's not saying that, but then I suspect they're probably built to a very similar kind of spec between each other, aren't they? So Well yeah, that's it. I mean Uh Sam, Sam is now flicking I through flicking, so, I, one, one of the great things about yep. going to one of these shows is you get to pick up a mountain of glossy paper. Of glossy and it's always nice high pump. stock,
1: isn't it? Yeah, so that's nice paper
0: they got for their brochure.
1: There, <laughs> it is really nice, and the stuff looks spectacular in it. It does they I'm going past their um, Gemini series here, which those are the ones that put out. You can have two independent outputs from those. You can have the the valve. It's they're designed as valve microphones. So you've got the valve output on there, but there's also a solid state output. Yeah, the FET and you can take well. those. Yep, the vet. So. And you can take them both simultaneously, so you can have one take with basically two microphone sounds coming out from the same microphones.
0: And it's the one capsule going through two separate, with the output of the capsule being split into the two separate amplification stages as well. Yes. So they're obviously exactly in phase. Yep. Because because of the physical location of the of the actual capsule is in the exact same place. Because there's one capsule, whereas when you try and do that kind of stuff with like two mics, you always get that problem. 'Cause you just can't they can't be on top of each other. So
1: nope. well, you can cool. get them as close as you like, but they'll never be quite there. It doesn't mention stereo matching on these, but I you know I think I was just getting mixed up in my head with the um four four hundred A. But yeah. The four four hundred A comes through a nice case apparently as well. That's something I've noticed with it when you look at the um stereo, stereo pairs and stuff, it's all flight cased up. Cool. I don't know, I'm I'm not I'm not really in the market for buying microphones anymore, but after after looking at all these ones I it's certainly got my mind ticking about what what would I do if I were if you were if you were going to get something.
0: Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. What well, thanks now Yamaha. Yamaha, um, Yamaha yeah. were there. Um, they I I got one cool thing from Yamaha. Actually, mm. I just go. I'm just going to reach for it.
1: I'll, I'll defer to you for a moment here. Um. Well, yeah, they were showing a lot of things. They had a um, bunch of mixers and stuff. And um, I've mentioned before, I've got a Pocket Track sixty no C twenty four. That's what it's called. Um, I had a little chat with them about that, and they asked how I was finding it in comparison to that and the slightly more expensive model. Um, but my key question for them was, it, they come with a clip. They've got a really nice design where the built-in USB connector mounts on to a little clip, so you can mount it onto a music stand or or anything that a clip will fit on, which is great. And it holds it really quite tightly and securely. But what happens if you were to lose it? I have thought I'd lost mine for a while. Um, it showed up I'd left it on a microphone stand and it was still there weeks later okay. um, but what happens if you lose it you know I tried when when I thought it was missing I was looking for one I said do you do spares and apparently they don't really do spares anymore and the way that they said it gave me the impression that perhaps that's a general thing I don't know if All that's right. true of everything but you know but dun, they were very friendly dun, dun, dun. I know they well, they like I think the, the best suggestion was that actually yeah you can buy one and it comes with a free pocket track it's about the same price as one, too. Oh, no. That was a joke. Um, that was their <laughs> joke. It wasn't that funny, really. Um,
0: the, the thing I loved the most about the Yamaha stand was the um, they, they have this very cool kind of paper fold-out thing, um, the N, uh, MG and MW application guide, which is their uh, current set of kind of mixers. Yes. Um, not, not the big digital mixers, analog mixers, um, some of which are USB-equipped, and therefore you can, you know, you can record straight into your door. You get stereo on that there, mm-hmm. and they have the ones that aren't USB equipped, and then they have the FireWire equipped ones, which are the ones with the full interfaces. So you can actually do eight in eight out on on the FireWire interface. Um, however, the the if you ever get the opportunity to pick up one of these paper application guides, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a nice little. It's a very what's like A six format size, but it folds out to a big thing, and it's it's good. Yep, and nice. it has
0: like recommended EQ and compression settings for various things yep. based on because the um this class of mixer i should yeah i'm saying the the mgs and the nw's they have the single pan pot compression control which has a amalgamates all of the compression settings into one control yeah so it does make it a little it, it's one of those classic things if you don't know how to use compression it makes it really easy if you know how to make use compression the problem is i want this compression where do i put this dial to get this compression and what they have here is a nice kind of it's it's a nice kind of guide which basically solves that problem mm. from both sides which I think is really kind of clever. So I was very impressed with this. I, in all the bits of paper I acquired, <laughs> this was my number one bit of paper. Actually, this uh, application guide. So if you get the opportunity, you should get one. Definitely. Yep. Um, I would offer to like take a picture and put it online, but the thing is, first of all, I well I can't because it's not mine, and secondly, it's folded, so it has all these creases in it, and it would just it just wouldn't work. But it's cool nonetheless. You can't see it, but I am. Um, I'll point it at the microphone right now <laughs> yeah. while Sam segues, just so you know the mic gets a good view
1: of it. Okay. Um, moving on. So we said that, so Yamaha don't do spurs, but apparently Sennheiser do. Um, the other specific question I went with was I went and speak to the Sennheiser guys who were uh, displaying mostly headphones. And um I had a headphone question. I've got a pair of um H D two hundreds that I bought about six years ago, which were for a time my main headphones. Almost embarrassingly so, but um No, I the don't do your job. Yeah. Um I find it <laughs> well, it's good if you're moving around into different studios and things, I like it's good to be able to take something which you know what it sounds like. So people might take people often take CDs and such to play across the speakers, so they get an idea of whether the bass frequencies right. And stuff yeah, like that's that. that's yeah. So you're looking like at something. me because you know that I, I do know. that. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sam also knows the na- the name of the track I use for that purpose. Actually, but there we go. We're just there.
1: Um, it's a very good track. I've always i always found that carrying the headphones around means that you know you can plug in. Never mind if what this room sounds like. If you want to know what it sounds like, I know. I know what the base response is like is inside these cans and I carried them around in a little box in my bag and actually the reason I stopped using them was that they were just too big taking up too much room in my bag I went for a pair of buds instead um,
0: I bet they've got some stunning low low, low frequency response there <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that's a distraction carry on
1: <laughs> they're not uh, bad the, yeah. Um yep so but yeah they're getting a bit knackered my um, my five year old now has hold of them He they're they're now, they're now his main pair of headphones when he's playing computer games we don't want to hear so <laughs> they're, they're they're a bit worse for wear now to say the least so i said you know what do i do about getting spares you know i could go and look or i could just ask and they said that although it used to be difficult in the past to find it now you can get there straight through their website they've got a list of recommended so they're not doing it themselves but they do have a list of recommended Recommend suppliers to provide. Like, yeah anyway <sighs> that's cool um yeah well next um, Propellerheads, did you did you get to the propellerhead thing? I think it was probably early in the morning on both days. I don't know.
0: No, it it wasn't. I think it was later on the Friday, but oh, okay. I didn't get
1: there. It's fine. Well, I've I don't have a good excuse. Well, that's alright. Make it. I'm sorry. made it to something um, in the in the halls. Yep. Okay. I'm going to try and say his name now. Matthias Hagstrom Good, perhaps. Anyway, Fantastic. he's he's um also another sound. Anos. His his Twitter is. An abbreviation of another sound. He's he makes uh, music for computer games and stuff like that. He's been doing that for years and works almost exclusively in Reason and Record. And he was there on propel, like demonstrating the propelled stuff. I spoke to him and yeah, I'm I was I was suitably impressed with the demonstration of recording things it can do. Um, oh, cool! So, and he they had discs. Um, you can download demos of these things. We mentioned last week we were talking about the Propeller Heads Music Making Month, which is, of course, still ongoing. So, so ongoing. check that out. We talked about that last yep. week, didn't we? The Propeller Heads. Mm, 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 mm. mm. um, yep. So, in fact, I think Matthias is presenting one day on uh, this Wednesday. I think he's probably giving a similar talk to what he was doing in Leeds. Oh, very cool. So you can all check that out if you want to know what Record can do. Yeah, I think it's. I'm definitely going to have go on the demo on that, which at first I was putting off installing it in case it was a time-based thing. You know, if if I've only got a month to play with this, then I don't want to install it now because I'm busy in the next couple of weeks. Of course, yeah. But, um, I eventually found online a description of what the limitations are, and you can do anything in it, except open the things that you have saved. So you can open it, work on things, save it, open it, work on things, save it. Yeah, you cannot reopen the things that you have saved. But of course if you will then to purchase it you'd be able to. Or the thing I've got in mind is that I could open it, have a play and never close it. Never cl- yes, never close it, or send off the sessions to people that do have it and say, Here I've made some sounds, have a play and feed into have you know, feed into collaboration in that way, see what happens. But yep, the the way their audio editing, the comp- the the way they handle multiple takes and all within one event is, is interesting. Yep, I quite like it.
0: I'm I'm not greatly familiar with it actually, so perhaps we should try and um we should have a visit. We should, you know, maybe try and organise something and find out a little bit more about it. That might be kinda cool. Definitely. Um Yeah on on a related thing, actually it's not part of our show notes, but I discovered that cakewalk still exists. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's now owned by Roland? Yes, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain they they have it. Maybe maybe Samar jump jumped to there, but um, I didn't realize it still existed, to be honest, um, but it does. Um, yeah. There, there you, you go. That's all I have to say about <laughs> that. That was when I picked up. I was like, wow, that still exists? I remember that from, like, you know, kind of, yeah, from a certain vintage. Let's see what else we got on our show notes here. Um, we're, we're kind of getting in there, aren't we? I think uh, we're pretty just, much... Yes, oh. I, I can
1: confirm that it is Cakewalk by Roland these days. Yeah, excellent.
0: There we go. See, I think that's, like, last 18 months, or last 12, 18 months. It's a fairly new thing. The latest version of Cakewalk, which is just out, which has been released fairly recently, mm-hmm. is the kind of Roland R&D guys who have done it. Okay. And apparently they've kind of caught up the last decade. I'm sure that's not quite right, but, you know, it, it seems, it feels it's probably how it probably is. Anyway, that's that's me being brutal. Um, I made it to two seminars. Actually, I made it to three seminars. Wow. And one of them I haven't included here at all. Um, I saw a thing where, uh, making making music with mobile apps, and the seminar was fine. Um, I I just don't have anything really to report about it, so hence I haven't. Okay, I just mentioned its existence. Um, what, what did I go see? Um, Prism Sound had Simon Humphrey from the Chairworks Studio, mm-hmm. who was talking there. Um, that was a combination of, you know, Prism Works and Sadie kind of pushing, you know, a little bit about there. But um, Simon Humphrey's uh, talk talk about it was really interesting, especially if there are stuff they're setting up at the Chairworks Studio, where they've deliberately set up. They're using an old SSL mix mixer they're setting up a a really a really obvious kind of combination actually in that they are running they're running in the main original vintage hardware but with a digital multi tracking recording on the back of it. Mm-hmm. So and it was interesting to talk, hear him talking about what he was you know what he was doing and how he had it set up. Um he was pointing out the fact that for the work he was doing he needed prism, you know something like prism for the quality because obviously he's doing a lot of you know, analog bouncing in and out. So there's lots of conversions happening there. Yep. And at the same time, he was just kind of, you know, kind of talking for that stuff. I found it quite interesting because it was interesting to hear him talk of his method that he was using and how it was much, you know, you no, know, and the, and the differences there. Also, um, he was involved in the clash and you know stuff early on. So he's, you know, he's been involved in the in, in the industry for a while. i seasoned was, I think it's mm-hmm. the term you would use here. And it was interesting to hear him talk about the differences as well. And one thing that he said that really struck me, he was just talking about the big difference he feels between now and then is that now we're used to, you know, you're mixing on a laptop and you have these constant modifications and modifications and the mix never really ends. You just, you know, every day you hear it and, you know, you get to that classic point, don't you? I'm saying it might not. It's, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. And you can basically do that indefinitely. Yeah. Whereas he was saying in the old days when you had you know limited amount of hardware time, and that was it. You 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 were in the practice of building mixes, and the mixes were built and done, and that was the end of the end of it. Which I thought was cool. I'd really like to actually get him on the show. I I don't know if we would ever achieved that, but you know what, else? Hey, I'll try, and we will see what happens. I thought that was really cool. The other thing I went to, and I'll be honest, only stayed for half of it, was the Roland Roland Jupiter 80 launch. Um, yeah. You know, they they had two of them there. Apparently, they were the only two in the country at the moment. Um, it's a synth, which makes cool noises. It's
1: got nice colors on the buttons.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the most amusing part of it, and in many ways, it would have been cool to record it, but we wouldn't have had rights. and We couldn't use it anyway, so I didn't. But he did play all of the uh, launch. W- w- did you go? Did you did you see it? Oh, no, I you didn't I saw did, it. No. no, I, mean, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. But um, he... In in the first part of the presentation, they kind of played... They went back through all of the classic Jupiter sounds, which were obviously on it, yep. and played all of the kind of, you know, famous parts using those sounds. So that was kind of fun. But, yeah. I find that's a kind of trade show thing, isn't it? Everybody goes around playing like simps with vintage sounds, and they play the bits that were played on those vintage sounds. It's, yep. You kind of feel if you don't know one of those things, you're, you're not really there. You shouldn't be there. It's. You
1: know. <laughs> That was actually, I I forgot to put it on the notes. One of the um, presentations I was going to go to was. Oh, I I think the opportunity might be gone now because I'm not going to be able to remember its name off the top of my head. Where's the piece of paper? Re- reach for the piece of paper then. He's gone for the piece of paper. He's looking. I'll vamp it. Da-da-da-da. It's the, the Arturia Origin keyboard. So that's the, um, the desktop modelling thing which has been available for a few years now has a, a keyboard version, huh. which was kind of fun. But again, it's just it's vintage things modelled, which you can get. In VST, more and in, in our RTAS things exist, and here is a hardware version of them with knobs and programmable, and it means that you can take the oscillator out of one vintage synth and put it through the filter of a different and I just find it. I kind of try to imagine how I could ever use this, these things, or what mm. what I'd be doing, and you know, I can see situations where that kind of thing would be great, and as a performance thing, and, but hmm. I thought it was a cool show.
0: It was. there. You go. It, it was a cool show. Um, I know that the music production show guys are hoping to do some more shows as well. And from what I can understand, they're, they're trying to kind of keep this kind of regional focus to the event, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely recommend kind of keeping track of what they're doing. We're going to keep track of what's going on. So if they get another show organized, we're, we'll have details on it here. Mm. The final thing to mention is that there was some preferred pricing options there as well. I, I picked up a, a, a Tascam recorder one of the little the the entry level task cam recorder i got a great price on it which i thought was awesome that was really you know that, that's always a nice thing about there as well um you know so it's always worth going to check out and even even if all you want to do is go and play with loads of stuff you could do actually you know that's something we haven't mentioned at all here cool. so i, I played I, I went to the corg stand and i played with like loads of I stuff. i was just there. thinking
1: about corg yes i I was kind of with but the last. I don't thing feel this a the
0: news <laughs> that, there's not really anything to <laughs> report other than Korga making really fun toys. Well, you see I said it really fun toys.
1: Really fun toys? Is that wrong?
0: Is that what I should say? Are th- are they more than toys? I'm saying
1: they probably are, but they feel like toys at times. But but playing toys is fun and making music is fun and making Most playing, men have been fun. It's are instruments, they're toys. I mean there's a very fine line between instrument and toys, yeah. surely. I mean we could talk about microphones as being toys, you know, it's but yeah, I mean, my favorite, my favorite one that I played one, I, um well, the, the the thing that got me most about the cork stand was that from from far away you could hear a mon a monotron cutting through the air through all. The, there was it was quite a loud event. There was you know every stand's got a pair of monitors blaring, at least one pair of monitors blaring, and yeah, across it. Maybe it's just my ears tuned to it because I I play monotron quite a lot, and that is an awesome toy. Yeah, but it's and just, a I, and it, a serious musical instrument. The filtering is awesome. Yeah the filler,
0: filler is cool I, I did mention the guy I was just like you know you know, is, where, where are chords going with this you know and I don't know and the guy was like well we keep making these things and they keep doing really well and you can understand why they do really well they're mass market and fun I'm saying why mm-hmm. wouldn't they do really well on the flip side I'm saying to be perfectly honest um, I own an SV1 which is they're on a stage piano they're like vintage stage piano and it is an awesome piece of kit it's not a toy I use it for work it's like a gigging tool and mm-hmm. it's it's awesome so I can answer the question myself almost you know, they make that's a spectacular piece of Idra that I rely on weekly. But they have this huge kind of toy division. It's nice. Well, you know, I think it's cool that Our stuff's going this way, isn't it? That's awesome funny. <laughs> All right. I think that's that's has made it to the end of our uh, music production show report. Okay. It's been, it's and it turns out there was no snowball fighting in the music production show.
1: No, that was just the um the sound library you can get fifty dollars. Yeah.
0: But that's because we need you know we need a witty title that's, that's part of what we have to do. Shall we move on to the UR <coughs> plunder? <coughs> R R. Um there's two items of
1: plunder here with us. Um the um the pianola city music. This is this is fantastic. So we've got a how to describe it. It's a mechanical piano, It's so play a player piano, except instead of having a Instead l- of having a paper punch card inside you have a huge as wide as the keyboard cityscape cityscape relief so it's a on, th- it's a it's on a, cil- wheel. a cylinder oh, a cylinder on a wheel. It's a cylinder with, and across the surface of the cylinder is three dimensional objects which are the city buildings poking out and it, and they're attached to like a hammer mechanism which articulates
0: the keyboard the piano keys
1: so you roll up your wheel in front of the piano Turn it around and as the buildings go by in a music box style it plucks plucks the hammers, hits the keys, up, yeah. piano plays, cityscape. Fantastic.
0: There there's a couple of cool videos, um and cool videos up there as well. Um I grabbed this from infosthetics.com, which is mm-hmm. a which which isn't a music site at all, but it's a really cool site and this just struck me as a kind of plunder item. So as always you'll find the show notes the show notes have the information there. Should we move on to our final item as well? Yep. Um this is from a uh, the Symphopia site. Who have been running a Sunday Synth jam, which is now one of their kind of content tags, and it's every Sunday they have a Synth jam. Um, I thought as we were talking about synths a bit today, it was mm. a cool thing to mention here because I find it kind of fun. I think there's like four or five there at the moment, so you know you can there's opportunity for people to get involved as well. But I thought that was a cool. It's kind of cool, and they have the this week's is the Berlin School Roland Synth jam, which is <laughs> kind of fun. Um, yeah, we were talking about Rollins. so might you know, not have it there. It's it's kind of nice.
1: Excellent. Oh,
0: I feel we've made it to the end. I think we have. Yeah, and I think this is a long one. Oh, it's a little long. This show, but we had so much stuff we couldn't, you know. Well, we, we maybe we could have done a two-parter. I don't know. Let, let's tell people. So, obviously, if you want to get the show notes, you'll find the show notes up on the wiki now. So that's uh, wiki dot theaudio podcast dot uk. You also find the show notes are linked from where the show notes used to be in the in the actual podcast as well. So yes, if you're yes, on so. iTunes, you can do an Apple Info and that and bring it up. That'll yep. bring up the link and you can follow the link through if you want to. So
1: the link which is theaudiopodcast.co.uk. dot uk.
0: Wiki the uk. Oh okay. I
1: thought
0: it should be that link now.
1: Oh okay, is that where it's from, going from through? the show notes. From the show from notes. the show notes That's
0: in what... iTunes it should take you to the show notes wiki page. As always, if you want to vandalize our wiki, please don't. If you want to add something productive and helpful, please do. <laughs>
1: If you just want to, um, drop us a line via Twitter, at The Audio Podcast, or the email is show at uk. And
0: if you've enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed, you should definitely hit that button right now. It's probably just up to the right.
1: If you're playing in the browser, definitely. If you're playing in the browser.
0: But if you're playing it from the the wiki notes, it'll be at the bottom of the page. Or the top. Or the top. Just look for the subscribe button. Make sure you hit subscribe, and then the show will appear by magic in your... Media player of choice when you want it to, which is awesome. Yay. All right. We'll be back next week. Awesome.
1: I'm Scott. Goodbye for me. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)